Hi there, and welcome to the Crypto Frontier. I'm Jonathan Miller, Managing Director of Kraken Australia, and I'm glad you could join me out here on the Crypto Frontier. On this show, you'll hear from the industry's best and brightest about the latest news in crypto markets and industry from Australia and around the world. Tune in fortnightly to gather the latest insights and data to power your trading. Whether you haven't yet bought your first Bitcoin or want to better understand the latest DeFi token, this show will explore the latest in market data trends and go behind the scenes to explore the technology that powers the future of finance. Let's start with some news from the crypto world. Okay, the biggest news of the week was Tesla sinking 1.5 billion US dollars into Bitcoin. After a flurry of activity by Elon Musk on various chat platforms, including Twitter and Clubhouse, about Dogecoin, the mandatory SEC filing revealed that his electric car company has invested into Bitcoin directly. This follows the lead of fellow listed companies like MicroStrategy in holding BTC as an asset on a publicly listed company's balance sheet. And in a timely announcement following the raucous GameStop trading activity on Wall Street and subsequent trading halts by Robin Hood, a new Swiss law will allow for tokenized securities to trade on a blockchain with the same legal standing as traditional assets. This closes the regulatory loop for tokenized securities, which has been technically possible for some time on a blockchain, and it will be interesting to see if this catches on in other major jurisdictions. Now lastly, in an anti-trend, the Indian government plans to introduce a bill that would ban private cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. The bill is designed to create a facilitative framework for creation of an official digital currency to be issued by the Reserve Bank of India. It does remain to be seen, however, whether India will be an outlier or front-runner in this regard. All right, it's now my absolute pleasure to introduce my guest for the show, Roham Garagoslo. He's the CEO of Dapper Labs. They're behind the super interesting blockchain Flow. Roham, welcome to the show. Can you start by, by telling us what Flow is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Flow is a blockchain um, we built from scratch for decentralized applications, essentially. And you know, your, your listeners might be familiar with us as the original creators of CryptoKitties. Uh, well, since then, we, we, we've been looking at how to make a blockchain that can really scale um, to power mainstream applications. And we think we found that with Flow. Uh, so we launched it a few months ago uh, with MBA Top Shot as the flagship application on top. And in the last three months, MBA has become pretty much the fastest growing uh, marketplace in history, um, showing that digital assets are the way of the future, showing that Flow is the kind of blockchain that can power multi-billion dollar uh, economies um, and really grabbing the attention of both consumers and creators uh, and the biggest brands in the world. Well, certainly you know, absolutely taking off. And, and I want to get into Top Shots a little bit later, but before we get there, I mean, the the website, you know, it, it talks about Flow being the technology for open worlds. Um, can, you, can you explain what you mean by open worlds? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is what originally attracted us to blockchain and, and crypto technology is the idea that for the first time, uh, crypto is essentially a computer that can operate in the public. Instead of it being, uh, you know, our, our data and our software uh, being run on private servers that are closed. Um, here, for the first time, you can build applications that are open. 
And you know, the first example of an open application was Bitcoin, a currency that nobody controls, that everybody has access to, um, and that anybody can build applications on top without without having to deal with any middleman, any API provider, um, etc. So Bitcoin was kind of the first example of um, an, an open world application, um, and you know, we think CryptoKitties and, and and others sort of showed the way that you can build things that aren't just currencies. Um, and NBA, NBA Top Shot is the latest example of it. But the reason we use open worlds is we think that we're just at the very beginning of scratching the surface of what blockchain can do. Uh, if you kind of think about blockchain as analogous to the, to the internet, um, we think fungible tokens like cryptocurrencies are essentially just text websites. Um, and then NFTs, non-fungible tokens, they're kind of multimedia websites. And so, yeah, it's very cool that we have the ability to tokenize, like in the early days of the internet, you sort of, have these atomic units of content that you can send around. Um, right now, we have these atomic units of value that we can send around. But that's not what that's the internet didn't stop at just websites. And in fact, the value of the internet became when it got integrated deeply into the applications that we use every day: Google Maps and Uber and and you know DoorDash or, or whatever it is. Um, and so we think the same thing is going to happen with blockchain, where you know initially we're just sending atomic units of value around. Um, but people are building it into increasingly more complicated applications. They're mixing and matching those uh, uh, sort of smart contracts on the back end into increasingly complicated and, and applications that are themselves open, where a user can go in and out freely, take their stuff with them freely, bring their data uh, in and out, leave an app without having to leave access to the underlying network, um, never be able to get kicked off of an underlying network. Um, that's what we mean by open worlds. It's it's a, a universe where any uni anything that you pay for, you own. Anything that's yours, you control. Um, any data that you create is is you you have access to, and and uh, sort of nobody can unilaterally censor uh, and prevent people from um, from accessing the the, the information that's uh, or, or not even information from from accessing the markets. Um, that are that are um, on the blockchain. That's that's a really interesting framing. I, I like that. Uh, it obviously lends um, itself to a whole bunch of other questions about you know interoperability and, and multiple um, you know I guess protocols all providing similar type surfaces for that kind of interaction. But you know, but just before we go any deeper, um, I'd like to keep it kind of. Um, I guess, contextualized around the, the problems that you guys were solving and, you know, what were some of the problems that you faced when, you know, you launched CryptoKitties and uh, and why, yeah, why did you decide that, you know, the existing infrastructure that was out there wasn't sufficient for you guys? Um, well, I think, I think everybody knew that the existing infrastructure wasn't sufficient. You know, I mean, when we launched CryptoKitties, we very quickly overwhelmed the Ethereum network. It ended up, it stopped working at multiple points. Um, we ended up being 20, 30% of the entire network's transaction fees um, for a period. And on a single day, $1 million, over a million dollars of ETH was spent just on CryptoKitties transactions, which is which is just which blows, blows my mind. Um, and so cost and scalability is a big problem, right? The user experience of people trying to use CryptoKitties was horrible because, you know, uh, uh, transactions would constantly fail um, and, and reliability just wouldn't be there and everything was super slow. 
Um, and, and even today, it's, it's so expensive to uh, even to breed two cats, I think it's 10 bucks or, or 15 bucks still, and even send things back and forth is, is quite pricey. So scalability is part and parcel, you know, it's both cost, it's a sort of combination of throughput, cost and speed. Uh, it's just not good enough for um, consumer applications. Um, and, and then the, 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 the reason we decide, and, but everyone knew that, right? Like people have been working on, you know, Vitalik was thinking about Ethereum two all the way back then. Um, people were already working on uh, layer two solutions, which are kind of ways to speed up the blockchain um, off chain um, or, or, you know, new blockchains like, uh, uh, you know, we talked to Dan Larimer of EOS. We talked to Silvio uh, of Algorand. We talked to the Polkadot team. Um, um, we talked to all these people. And, and the reason we decided to build our own blockchain was we just felt the technical decisions that they were making, and I won't get into this, the specifics unless you want me to, those technical decisions made life harder for us developers. And so we didn't want to bet the future of our company, the future of our creations, the future of our, our life um, on, on these decisions that people were making without a lot of experience um, to back it up. And, you know, uh, we, we really feel, felt like they didn't have a lot of empathy for us. You know, here we were the first um, developers to actually build an application on top of their platforms that, that you know, maybe wasn't um, just trading or, or speculation. And, and, you know, when we suggested, hey, why, why pursue this direction versus that direction, we were kind of dismissed as saying, well, you've never built a blockchain. Um, and so, I mean, honestly, our response was just, well, you've never built an app. And so we decided to build a blockchain for apps. Um, and that's where, that's where Flow came about. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, we didn't want to bet on a network and then be the only products on that network. You know, the, the whole point of blockchain is openness and interoperability. And when we looked at anyone trying to compete with Ethereum, you know, even back then, and, and especially today, we just didn't think anyone had a compelling go-to-market strategy. Um, and, and, you know, they didn't have a, com a, a way that we saw them being able to create an, an ecosystem that was sustainable and we didn't want to be out there by ourselves. So um, that we just decided to bet on ourselves on both the technical side um, and on the go-to-market side. Yeah, I was just going to say in the end, you know, you have gone it, you have gone all in. And, you know, what did that mean for the team? Did that mean you needed to kind of change the, the structure of your team when you, when you started building a blockchain solution as well as a, you know, applications for, for consumers? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how familiar uh, you are with the early days, but CryptoKitties was um, created by my previous company, Axiom Zen. And, and we were at Axiom Zen, we were a venture studio. So a startup that built startups. And, and even back then, um, our largest product um, was ZenHub. It was a developer platform, um, you know, second most, uh, second most popular product on the GitHub marketplace. Um, you know, almost every open source team and, and large enterprise uh, uses ZenHub or, or they use Jira. Um, and, and ZenHub is, is deeply very, very technical because it's, um, it's sort of a, uh, stitched on almost like it's composing the GitHub API as if it was a smart contract API. Um, so, so we took the CTO of ZenHub is on the flow team. Um, we, we shut down half dozen other um, Axiom Zen projects. Um, and just uh, sort of absorbed all of their leaderships into Dapper Labs. And so, so CryptoKitties was a six, seven person team that built it. 
um, added three, four people to launch it. And then overnight, over a weekend, um, went from 12 to 40, 50 people. Um, and before kind of spinning it out as its own independent company. Um, and, and so we bet big on our, and, and back then it wasn't even, Hey, let's build a blockchain. It was more, let's, let's try to make Ethereum work. You know, we spent the first year and a half, um, building, you know, we built the first smart contract wallet, consumer contract wallet for, for Ethereum. I think it's still the most popular wallet after MetaMask. Um, we built cheese wizards. We built, we built so many things on Ethereum. We just didn't, weren't able to get anywhere close to where we wanted to get to. Um, so, so, you know, and, and that took a deeply technical team, mostly folks that have been on my, uh, team for a while, you know, Axiom Zen's kind of specialty was, um, um, well, we built our own products on the one hand, and then we helped bigger companies explore emerging technology on the other. So we weren't really deep on, um, AIML as it applies to retail. We went deep on ARVR. We're some of the first developers on Google glass on magic leap. Um, you know, all of these input devices, I forget all their names. Um, and, and, and on crypto, you know, first started trying to build on Bitcoin 2014. So like the team's been, and most of the team at Dapper Labs today, my CTO included is from those days. Um, so it's been, you know, we've been grinding for a while at kind of the intersection between new technology and, and consumer, how, how the consumer experiences that new technology. Um, because if you don't get both sides right, you don't have product market fit and, and you know, you're kind of your Betamax, not VHS in, in a sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it shows, I guess, that that evolution and the, the you know, the spread that you guys have got there. Um, and that's what makes the project so exciting. Why don't we talk about some of the, you know, these kind of commercial applications then? Because um, even though I'd love to talk about how you guys are built flow and, you know, I, I find the, the um, you know, the consensus, uh, kind of the mining uh, specification right, quite interesting when you have specialized uh, roles and and yet at the same time you know in the interest of time for our listeners I think everyone wants to hear about you know what you can do on this thing so you know NBA Top Shots like this is a huge project you, you mentioned it at the start of the conversation um, tell us a little bit about that for those who don't know about it um, and then maybe I'd like to hear about some of the other stuff that's happening yeah for sure um, so Top Shot I mean as I said it's it's, it's, I believe, the fastest growing marketplace in history. And I think it, it, it's kind of a lightning rod for all digital asset marketplaces. And, and if, you, if you haven't played around with it, it's just mbatopshot.com. It's super easy to play around with um, and, and uh, whether you're a crypto person or not. Um, but but it's, it's kind of trading cards taken to the next level um, where you have the same fun of opening packs, uh, you know, the surprise and delight of, hey, what's inside my pack? Um, the, the satisfaction of completing sets and winning challenges, uh, being the first one to complete specific sets, having the best collection out of all your friends, um, and then trading on a peer to peer marketplace, um, in order to get the best collection and in order to, um, uh, sort of, uh, speculate on, um, what, 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 uh, uh what, what collectibles are going to hold the most value. So the, the NBA top just sort of started off. As that, I mean, the fact that it's digital and the fact that it's on a blockchain means it very, very quickly um, evolved beyond it. And and specifically, I mean, we're building a mobile game where people can uh, use their Top Shot assets the same way. You can kind of, you know, you, you 
build up a, a trading, you build up a card collection and NBA 2K, and then you can um, sort of play, uh, you know, use it to level up your team, et cetera, at least in, in our game and challenge your friends. Um, but third parties are already building uh, tools, ways for people to value their collections, ways for people to do trading and lending and this sort of thing. Um, someone's already building a fantasy application um, where people are bringing in their collections and using them for their sort of fantasy lineups. Um, people have pitched me on like, you know, betting apps that use Top Shots as kind of the, the game pieces almost like, hey, if I win, I get your stuff. If you win, uh, you get you get my stuff. Um, and and um, and there's at least one team sort of thinking about what would a more like a trading card game sort of thing look like um, on top of Top Shot itself. Um, so Top Shot is this is this sort of universe where you know we it starts off as you know traded cards or or ultimate team cards or whatnot, but it's really the currency of fandom. And and you know I think th th at the times when we're able to keep our marketplace up and running and our servers aren't melting down, um, we're actually we we broke two billion dollars in annualized um, gross market volume on the marketplace. And you know you compare that to the NBA's annual revenue of eight billion dollars, and it's 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 very very real. So so Top Shot is kind of what we wanted it to be a, a lightning rod to attract attention from both um, brands and show them, hey, this is a new way you can interact with your fans. Um, and then when customers go and play around with it and they you know they buy a digital asset and for the first time they can sell it, you know it's not stuck in their um, whatever uh, game account. It doesn't go away every year. It's actually really fully theirs they start understanding, oh, wait, this crypto thing is a little bit different than, I mean, they don't even think about it. Most people don't think about it as crypto when they start. The the thing they value is the transparency and the, like, wow, every single transaction is right here in front of me. And, and you know, whether it's a, uh, whether it's a, you know, someone gifting it or whether it's a purchase on Marketplace, just the data is all there. I can double click into every single user's accounts, see all of their trading history. Like, that's very cool. How come it's so transparent? Oh, it's on blockchain. And so little things like that are, are is, is sort of what Top Shot's all about. Um, and it's also attracting kind of every other big brand, every other uh, NFT startup um, wants to launch on Flow now because they want to be where all the users are. Um, and that's that's really the the differentiator here. You know, Bill Gates a couple decades ago said, you know, I want a PC on every uh, desktop. Great. What I want is a crypto wallet in every pocket. And I think the way we get a crypto wallet in every pocket is by building applications that people want to use, games people want to play, um, uh, uh, assets that people want to trade, you know, digital stickers, um, um, and all, all of these things. And it's already, it's already being proven out. So um, that's the kind of platform we built and flow and be able to sort of support um, that sort of ecosystem. And, you know, whether it's the uh, venture-backed startups like Genies, um, crypto companies like OpenSea, you know, Fortune 500s like Warner Brothers, Warner Music, Ubisoft, we've already announced. Um, or folks like Animoca who've been trying to build blockchain games on ETH and, and other networks. But for the first time, they're looking at Flow and they're saying, I'll actually bring one of my real, one of my non-blockchain games with a million active users because I know I can give them a good... Uh, user experience here, um, and I can create a, a massive economy for those users. So, so that's I guess how I would combine the you know what Top Shot is and and what we're what we're where we're going with it because 
you know, Top Shot is a demonstration of what's possible. And our priority is to make, you know, is to help make others um, also equally successful. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's kind of just like what I said in round, you know, the, the, these are like the first websites in a way, you know, it's so early. What we need is a, a, a wallet in every pocket. Um, and, and that's like analogous to users having their first internet browsers, um, or their first, you know, iPhones. Um, and, and then the, the amazing open applications that will be built from there, um, is is just the scale is going to be mind-blowing because finally there's going to be such a huge user base for these products well yeah let's go there because you know fun is what you're saying is the the kind of mass adoption um you, you know first mover it, it is what's going to drive people uh to installing the the applications that allow them to interact with you know these new types of surfaces, and by that I mean these new these new protocols that are built on blockchain. So, so okay. Well, assuming everyone's then got a wallet, what what's your? And this is kind of coming full circle a little bit to to where you started. But maybe could you give us a couple of predictions here? You know what what would be the things that you want to see happening on, on these kinds of networks? Are we talking about? Um, digital rights here, you know, does it go beyond that? Tell me what you, you're seeing over the horizon. I mean, it goes way beyond that. So, so yes, I mean, an NFT is fundamentally just a bundle of digital rights, whether it's the right to ownership and to sale or whatever, whether you start bundling, um, you know, a right to, a, to, to a, you know, the, the, the actual IP rights or, I mean, people are using NFTs for um, even insurance uh, or promissory notes and, and things like that. Um, but, but yeah, fundamentally goes to that open worlds, um, idea where, you know, this is a better, this is fundamentally a better way to build software. It's better for developers because you can use what's already there. It's, it's kind of like open source, except it's, um, it's, you can tap into existing communities. So a, a developer can come on onto Ethereum and use Uniswap and use Aave and use everything and kind of plug it into place and have a multi-billion dollar product um, within a weekend that traders can use. Well, we want that same thing on Flow, but for consumers, where you can come and build a product for, for a million NBA fans, um, tap into our users, provide value to them, um, and thereby make yourself successful um, without having to reinvent a lot of things from scratch. I mean, it's kind of a continuation of the, uh, the force that's made the internet so... Um, so empowering, but but also so um, it's created so much value for consumers and and for consumers, uh, this world that we're creating is just so much better in every sense that once they start interacting with it, they're 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 gonna they're they're not going to want to go back. You know, for the first time, you buy stuff, you can sell it. For the first time, everything is transparent. You don't have to uh, worry about um, you know what's happening kind of behind the scenes or whatnot. And, and most of all, because of how easy it is for developers to build new things, you're getting products built for you at an astounding pace, like kind of what the iPhone did, but uh, a square or a cube. Um, so, so that's what I'm excited about. It's going to be really a Cambrian explosion of um, products and services for, you know, the same Cambrian explosion you see in DeFi and Ethereum aimed at the trader and the speculator. I think you're going to see um, on, on Flow and, and 
uh, but aimed at the consumer um, and aimed at the user. Um, so that's that's what I get really excited about. And you know, I don't think that the next uh, big successful product on Flow has to be a fancy licensed application. I think it can be something even simpler than a CryptoKitties. Um, love what people are doing in social commerce. Love people what people are doing um, in trying to you know use tokens as status uh, symbols or access into particular experiences or, 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 you know, chat rooms and, and things like that. Um, and really the thing that's going to need to make it successful is more users, more attention, uh, more experimentation. Uh, and that's, that's what flow is going to allow. Super cool. Rohan, I've really appreciated your time and, and your insight into, you know, I guess the, the next phase of, of what we call the internet it's it's really exciting so thanks so much for joining me and and good luck with the project we're so excited to have you on board yeah thank you so much for having me as well and uh, really excited to be part of uh, something big thanks everyone for joining me on this show make sure you subscribe and review on your podcast platform of choice and we'll make sure we take you right to the edge of the crypto frontier and remember you can learn more about all things crypto by visiting kraken.com learn Until next time, I've been Jonathan Miller, and this has been The Crypto Frontier.